Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, listeners. You're back on, on another action-packed, thrilling episode of Conspira Normal with your host, Adam Sane, and your co-host, yours truly. Um, all right, so who's our guest tonight, Adam? Well, her name is uh, Donna Parrish Bischoff. She is uh, going to talk about a book that she wrote called The Lee Avenue Haunting, and uh, we're also probably going to talk about... Uh, uh, the religion that she's in, which is Wicca, so I think you might find that kind of interesting. Oh yeah, my type of guest. Uh, but uh, <laughs> before we get to her, I wanted to kind of talk about, for the next uh, 20 minutes or so, uh, there's been a lot that's happened since we spoke last. The last time that we uh, did the podcast was uh, December 10th, and uh, since then there's been a rather interesting event that has gone on. Dark times and lots of negativity. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, everybody knows that we're not we're, what we're talking about. Of course, is the uh, whole Sandy Hook thing, the Sandy Hook massacre, and uh, I think that we got a lot to uh, kind of talk about and go over about it. Right. Uh, it's been a little over three weeks now since it happened. Uh, kind of the uh, craziness has kind of died down. The media hasn't paid as much attention to it as it as it has uh, in the past when it first happened. So uh, I think that's a good time to kind of, you know, talk about some of the, like, things that we might think that was going on. So, uh, yeah. What do you think about it, Luke? Well, uh, I guess we start from the beginning. Um, I watched the initial news story, the one that came on, just uh, shortly after, maybe 30 minutes or so, you know, the school was surrounded by uh, SWAT teams, policemen, everything else. Somebody recorded that, right? 
uh, it, it was, somebody had recorded. No, no, that. no, no, no. That, it was just it was all news. It was all news coverage. Okay. But it was still the first story. Yeah. And um, right off the bat, they say that they found a second person, which kind of um, buys into the uh, to my suspicion, and I think yours as well about mind control assassins or or possibility. Uh, you know, a mind control assassin and a and a carrier or a, or a puppeteer or whatever you want to call him. Right, like a handler. Um, so a, a man was was hiding in the woods when they searched the premises, and uh, he's wearing camouflage pants and a black t-shirt or a black tank top, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> he just threw his hands up and said it wasn't me, and they took him in for questioning, and that's the last you heard of him. Yeah, there was footage actually of the. Uh... Uh, it was footage from shot from a helicopter, and you could see the police, two policemen running with their guns drawn to the back side, back part of the school mm-hmm. into these woods that are behind it. And uh, <clears throat> so you could clearly see that they were running after somebody or somebody that they thought was there. And also there was a police uh, recording that showed that that said that they had somebody in a prone position, which means, you know, flat down on the ground. Yeah. They had somebody uh, that they had in handcuffs. And uh, some of the reports I heard that it was two people, uh, most of what I heard was that it was just one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they they apparently had taken that person, and we assumed that that was the person that was uh, yelling at the parents as they were all gathered around the school. That they, you know, uh, that he didn't do it, and he was put in a cop car and never right. seen since. Right, taken away for questioning, and uh, you know, first of all, it's really suspicious <clears throat> to me. I mean, it could be that he was just in the woods walking around, uh, maybe a surrounding neighborhood. You know, he's just walking around the woods, but uh, it just makes it a little even more suspicious that he's camouflaged. You know, right. Um, um, but anyway, yeah, he's, he supposedly had a scuffle. In the office, whenever he walked in the front door with these guns drawn, right? Drawn? Uh, what I have heard was that, uh, well, you heard it the night that it happened. And the next day, they were talking about that, okay, the suspected shooter, Adam Lanza, mm-hmm. had actually gone to that school two days before. And it had some kind of confrontation with the principal and a couple of other people oh. at the school. Now, you didn't hear any of that after the after like a couple of days. Yeah, that was off the radar. Nobody. The, had the said new story that I saw it. said that he got in a confrontation as soon as he walked in in the office, and then he from there he went to the rooms and started shooting. Yeah. Supposedly, he shot out the glass and and got in that way. Uh, some other people have pointed out that he was, uh, uh, you know, obviously a rifle was used to kill these teachers and principal and these students. That's what I had was obviously that that a rifle was used. But then apparently they found him with two hand just with yeah, two just hand pistols, guns, just pistols, which one that he had supposedly had used to kill himself. Yeah, and the the SSA or SR fifteen or whatever it was, the assault AR-15? rifle. AR fifteen. No, it wasn't an AR. It was okay. like it was some kind of SKS or something. But it, it was uh, it was in the back seat of the car that he drove up in. Is what I heard. Yeah, that's what I'd heard too. And so yeah, so this uh, 
Anyway, go on. That's, but, that's, that's later. That's a later story. Right. And apparently, uh, to build on what you're saying, is that uh, a cop had actually been seen unloading that weapon right there instead of just entering it into the chain of evidence. So just more uh, just weirdness surrounding right. it. Uh, <clears throat> one of the strangest things... And what kind of made me suspicious was to later find out that he had uh, taken his hard drive out and had smashed it yeah, to pieces. Yeah, that, that was conveniently destroyed. Now, if he, as they said, had Asperger's syndrome, which usually those people, it's like a form of autism, and usually those people are super smart, um, then it probably was nothing for him to actually have pulled that out. Right, yeah. And and it, then to destroy it. That's not, yeah, it's not hard to do. It's not hard to destroy a hard drive at right. all. But the, the question the is, thing is, why? Yeah, why would he do it? If you're going to kill yourself and you know you're going to, then what yeah. reason would you have to destroy your hard drive? Who was he talking to? Uh, what, what was going on? What was on that hard drive? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think we're ever going to know. You know who does have access to that information? Who? Microsoft. Oh, really? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you've, you've got the relay, you have the relay files in everyone's computer that sends all of that. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, so, just a lot of strangeness that was going on with this. Now, I've seen a lot of things on the internet. Um, talking about just, I mean, weird stuff, man. Uh, there's somebody that I have on my Facebook that's been posting up these things about <clears throat> that supposedly the school is in the same layout as the ancient city of Teotihuacan <laughs> and Babylon and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, uh, you know that there's a, a line that goes from parallel or like a perpendicular line or something that goes between those spots and and Sandy Hook and just just weird Someone's stuff. Someone's gonna man. take it to that level and yeah. get carried away. And then and then also you know this supposed picture of this uh, girl uh, that was killed, a 27 year old teacher that was killed. And supposedly in the background, there's an old guy doing the devil's horns uh, symbol in the back. And, of course, somebody, you know, takes that and, and, and lightens it up and says, oh, look, you know, that proves that there's Masonic <laughs> connections. But, you know, Luke, you're into metal. Yeah. You know, that's become a very popular thing now. For oh, yeah, just, totally. You know, even old people, they yeah. sit there and do that. <clears throat> yeah. That's just, it's just nothing. That's a pose for photographs all yeah. the time. There's also been this whole conspiracy stuff about uh, that everybody that's involved is an actor. Uh, and <laughs> there was one strange thing, though, that we saw um, that's actually on the web. Right. Uh, on YouTube. This guy that was the father of one of the little girls that was killed. And... He comes to, uh, it's at a press conference. It's like maybe three or four days after the massacre. Mm-hmm. He, he comes to the press conference. He comes out smiling 
Right. You've like seen he, the video. Like he heard a good joke or something. Yeah. He's like, so he's just kind of laughing. Like, yeah, like he's heard a yeah, good joke. He's got this real snide look on his face. Right. And then he looks at, you, you know, you can't see the, the press corps there, but he looks at them and he's like, well, should I just read the cue card? And look, and then looks at the cue card, and then just kind of like starts to. He looks like he's an. He does literally look like Psyching an actor up, trying yeah. to psych himself up to cry. Right. Yeah. And that was just. That was just very strange. Yeah. The whole and, his whole attitude the entire the entire time. Was yeah. Just, was strange. Very weird. The, you know, the thing is, people deal with grief in different ways. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to judge somebody for that, but that was. I don't think I'd be all bouncy Odd. and jovial, while, you know, no. after my daughter just got oh, shot. Hey, to great death. job! Hey, hey, great joke there, Mike. That's really yeah, funny. Right? Hey, should I read the cue cards? <clears throat> and then he's all like, <sighs> you know, he just looks like somebody that's trying to just jazz himself up to cry. Well, uh, furthermore, and more importantly, uh, you you go to find out that his dad's the the CEO of GE Capital. Uh yeah, well that Adam Lanza, yeah, the yeah. the suspected shooter. His his dad. Yeah, his yeah. dad's the CEO of G Capital. Yeah, somebody that's very important. Right. Um the whole LIBOR thing. Uh the LIBOR scandal, which is this uh bank in England that uh has been accused of of stealing billions of dollars. Embezzled tax funds. Uh, yeah, of of just manipulating interest rates. Uh, which is something that hey, I didn't really hear about till you know started seeing all this conspiracy stuff uh, with uh, Sandy Hook and with Aurora. But you know that's another story altogether. But uh, you know Aurora, they said that, that that somebody has put on the internet that the Aurora shooter's father was going to testify in the Liber scandal. Yeah, the <clears throat> Adam Lanza's father was also set to testify. It turns out that that story was completely bogus. There's nothing to it. There's no, not any, even anybody, though there will be a trial for the Liber scandal, but nobody's actually been called to testify. So, but, but the story came out anyway. Somebody put it out on some, some chat it's side. It's a really smart story because yeah. it fits, it fits really well. Right. But. But, you know, nobody's asking the question of why all of a sudden that disinformation is out there. Yeah. Is that to discredit people that will pick up on it later? Or someone that caused confusion in the first place to just make the details harder to find. Sure. Uh, another thing, too, that was bizarre was this guy named, I think his name was like Gene Rosen. And... He just all for intents and purposes seems like this this crazy old guy. Uh, he said that he went to his house the day of the shooting, and there were all these kids in his yard. And then he supposedly and he said that they were from the school, and supposedly he took them inside and they played with his 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 uh, his um grandchildren's toys and CNN a couple other places just kind of latched on to this guy and he just seems to just not he just seems like he's just a crazy old man yeah you know but that's how just 
it seems like the media really just latched on to the whole story. Just to further lead everybody astray. Right. Immediately. You know, we didn't even have hardly any of the the information. And it's just immediately while it was even going on, they were already talking about taking away guns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant to say. The initial news story, the first one, the first ones on the scene was, uh, well, you know, Channel Channel Five, Channel Four, one of the one of the more important ones. Yeah, probably CBS, something like that. Yeah, uh, one of the first, and in, in the first news story, at the end of it, you see a couple, uh, a shot of like politicians shaking hands, and they're like, we're they're already talking in Congress about what to do with the gun control situation, yeah. and then. Uh, Next day, a com- news story comes out on like Yahoo News or something about uh, China pressure in the U.S. and uh, to stricter gun laws. But I don't know what they have to do with it. But. No, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know either. And supposedly Russia had been saying something too. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, and, and uh, particularly they're they were focusing on the assault rifle ban. Yeah. And he didn't even use their assault rifle. He used the handguns. Supposedly. But according to, see that's a contradiction. According to the uh, the, the coroner and the and the police that that those children were killed with a rifle, but apparently Adam Lanza killed himself with a handgun and was found just with what you said two handguns. Two handguns, yeah. And supposedly the other the rifles were supposedly inside the car. Yeah, so you know it doesn't make any just sense. more confusion, yeah. right? Uh, another thing too, um, yeah. I mean, they tried the, the as soon as the media hit it, they tried to really just um, you, you know go into the whole gun thing mm-hmm. immediately. Immediately, just not even um, saying, "Hey, let's maybe let's wait for the this, yeah. for the smoke to clear. Let's investigate it. Let's see what actually happened." Uh, all this stuff came out about Adam Lanza's mother. Being a doomsday prepper. That she was a doomsday prepper. Uh, that she would take her sons out to uh, to shoot. Um, violent video games. Right, and yeah, violent video games were also a part of it. That came out pretty much immediately, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, <clears throat> But it's like the demonization already of... Of people that people like that, some of them say like that. It's like a it's like a script, like yeah. they're reading from a script. Yep. You know, uh, and and then people that knew Nancy Lanza, his mother, people that knew him and that said they were just normal people. Okay, she had guns in her house. She had all legal guns in her house. Yeah. You know, and and, and this happened in. A state that has one of the strictest gun control laws in the country. I mean, this didn't happen in Texas or something like that. And you know, and it's not just the it's not just the assault on the Second Amendment. There was a little bit of assault on the first too. Because you, I think I told you about this. You had the um, the police uh, head of the of the Connecticut State Police saying that. Uh, you know, if you're spreading rumors or you're spreading conspiracy theories on 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 Facebook or social media, you're going to be prosecuted. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> I 
I mean, really think that you know, like, like it seems to me something really, like that's almost an indication that there's some sensitivity that something else happened. Yeah, that, that we don't really that that just, we're just it, being that's given a, that's a cover a warning story. to the town. Like if you know you know something, right. and you post it on Facebook, you better look out, and they know. And and there's these bizarre, uh, bizarre coincidences too. Uh, the one that I found out was that you know the the whole idea of that uh, you know this is kind of like a you know twenty children are killed, and. Um, the Hunger Games came out this last year uh, in the summer, and the you know in the book and the movie is kind of basically about a child sacrifice. It's kind of nobody's seen the movie. I won't give it, tell you the plot, but it's basically a kind of that that's a form of child sacrifice in that book and movie. Well, guess where the author of that book lives? He lives in Newtown, Connecticut. That's weird. <laughs> just bizarre and then uh and in in the new batman movie there was a a map on the wall i never saw it i don't know what yeah supposedly he's looking at a they're looking at a map in the movie and it says sandy Sandy hook on it and then there's the whole thing with the the aurora shooting you know people making that connection Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know right i I sometimes (laughs) think that that's just another right I sometimes think that coincidences are just that. It's just a coincidence. It right. Probably just mean it may mean something on some deeper level, but you know whether or not it's a intelligence agency or black ops doing it, uh, I don't know, or the Illuminati or or whatever. Uh, there's just so much we don't know about this, mm-hmm. and to me. It's one of those things that really, really stinks. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know. And ju- just like any other event like this that happens, if someone goes digging around, they're all, they're all kind of afraid, you know. They know, yeah. they know, they know what's up. You go, they, they go start digging around asking questions, and they're going to start having people tail them and all that. So. Right. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh, so... Those are just some things that have been on my mind. I think some things have been on your mind. Yeah, I, I just, uh, in the midst of it all, I just tried to stop thinking about it and just uh, focus on other things, you know. just It's just a lot of negativity, just a sign yeah. a sign of the uh, descending times. Yeah. I really think that, uh, that probably what's going to happen, you're going to see a lot more stricter gun control. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and who's going to have it? It's going to be the government and the criminals. Right. And there's not going to be too much difference between both. <laughs> Hate to say it, but that's kind of where things are going. And uh, there's already such thing as perishable ammunition. Um, yeah. And 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 a lot of you know a lot of people are getting all fired up on the internet right now on Facebook. Uh, yeah, you'll never take my guns away. You have to pry it from pry it from my cold dead hands and all of this. But they can cut off the ammo supply. Yeah, <laughs> You're it would, not, it, yeah, it would you, be it would be hard to shoot a gun without bullets. Exactly. Well, we're gonna need to call our guest because I just saw what time it is. So uh, let's uh, let's go to her. All right. And uh, we'll be uh, we'll be back uh, to close it out on Conspiranormal. 
All right, we're back on Conspiranormal, and this is your host, Adam Sane. Co-host, Luke Reed. All right, Luke. Good discussion that we had just a yes, couple minutes nice ago. Yes, nice thorough summary. Um, well, we have on the line Donna Parrish Bischoff. Welcome uh, to the show. She is um, someone that actually contacted me about uh, a friend of ours product called Ghost Paper a long time ago. And uh, later I find out that she had written a book called The Lee Avenue Haunting. And it is about her experiences that she had uh, in uh, Yonkers, New York, as she was growing up in a haunted house. And I just wanted to get her on just to kind of share that with us, her experiences. And uh, hey, Don, we want to welcome you to the show. Thank you very much for having me, uh, the both of you, and I've been looking forward to uh, coming on your show for the longest time, and yeah. uh, and I've been using the ghost paper, by the way, and it's wonderful. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah, and I also uh, use it to ri- uh, wrap up gifts at Christmas time. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, do- like dog paper. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's really good because it, when you send it to me, I, it reminded me right away of the sixth sense when he put his hands on the table and then like the handprint stayed on the table. Right away, that's what it reminded me of. So I, I yeah. do use it as a reference to that all the time. So I cool. have it ready to go. Excellent. So well, we, I highly we, recommend it. Cool. Um, well, we we got you on tonight. We're gonna, we want to talk about uh, about your book, The Lee Avenue Haunting. Uh, I've read it uh Thought it was an excellent book. Thank I, you. I really, really did enjoy it. Um, could you kind of go as to get started? Kind of go set us up for the story. Like, uh, you know, how did you guys get to the house and uh, all, all that good stuff? Give us one sec. <laughs> Sorry. Was that a haunted Jack in the Box? Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, we basically, we moved in when um, I was a little girl in 1974, um, and uh, my mother kind of started noticing things um, uh, the, the night before we actually moved in, moved in, when she was kind of prepping the house, cleaning it up, and getting it ready for the kids and her husband, and she kind of bit her tongue because she was kind of afraid to say anything to us, and um Things kind of unraveled pretty quickly, and uh, it was like a kind of if you've been, ever been on a roller coaster, it was kind of one of the, um, those things, and it kind of went downhill real quickly. And uh, we just didn't know what to do because we were kind of locked into a five-year lease, and yeah. you couldn't really just go to your landlord or landlady and say, "Hey, uh, by the way, the house is haunted. We're out of here." We didn't have a whole lot of money, so we couldn't just leave in the middle of the night. Um, right. You know, we you know we just couldn't go. We couldn't just do it. It wasn't feasible. So we kind of stayed because we said, oh, well, you know, maybe we can deal with this kind of thing. But it wasn't one of those things that we could really deal with, but we couldn't leave. Uh, so things started to unhinge, and these these entities, these beings, ghosts, spirits, demons, whatever you want to call it, whatever you feel comfortable with, you know, if you've read the book or if you haven't read the book, pick up the book, read the book. Um, I, 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 I think there were multiple things in that house uh, ranging from um, lost souls, entities, demons, 
that were stuck, these poor things. I mean, I would love to go back. I actually did go back, but I don't want to go back and forth and get everyone confused. But I think that, for the most part, um, they were tortured. They were tortured souls, and they were replicating family members to look like us. And um, and, and good God, if, if, if I didn't have a nervous breakdown, I think at one point <laughs> I, I, I crapped myself a couple of times. Uh, you know, we just needed to get the hell out of there, but that was not feasible. So we were stuck there for five years. And, uh, you know, I was a little kid, so I couldn't just go out willy-nilly with my friends anytime I wanted. I had a curfew. I had to be in bed by 7.30. And so if I heard something in that closet, I had to stay in my bed, <laughs> you know. And I screamed for my mother every five seconds, so I was driving her crazy. Um, so basically that was it. And, and our dad, you know, rest his soul, he didn't believe in any of it. You know, even if, if something flew under his nose, he wasn't going to believe it. He wasn't going to hear it. Nothing was happening. He just, you know, he was he was the tough guy. He was like, oh, come on now, Jesus Christ. Now, what's mad with you people? Nothing's happening. He was one of those. Right. You know. Yeah, it's amazing how that always kind of works out that way. It's usually the dad is usually kind of in a state of denial. Oh, yeah. Uh, what... What kind of, like, to start off a little bit, what was the kind of, like, the, uh, what was the history of the house? Well, it, it was basically farmland, um, not, not when I lived there, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm not that old, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, back in, um, the, I guess the, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, it was all farmland, that whole street, uh, most, most part of Yonkers was all farms. And uh, that whole street was farms. And basically, I believe, a good portion of Yonkers um, and was, that was all like estates. And like one part of that, where that house was, was probably a good portion was connected to other houses. So as I became older and more aware, I met up with some people, and I can't really say who they are, because I don't have permission to, as I met up with them later in life, I discovered that they were having the same issues that I was having, and I discovered that maybe their property were con was connected to the property that I lived at, so it's very quite possible that they had the same ghost I had, because the properties were shared, so it was all like farm, it was all shared you know, farm property where they had, I guess, um, things that they grew and, and um, I guess, horse-drawn carriages at one point. Um, that's the best I can kind of give you the image of. And then once, I guess, society kicked in, they had roads and sidewalks and cars and all that good stuff kicked in. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, because at that point it was like basically 10 to 12 miles from New York City. That's how close we were. Sure, yeah, Yonkers is like really close. Um, the also too the it was a where you guys were in was an apartment, so the house right. is it, actually shared yeah, between private, two families. A, right, it was a, a one family house, but they had you know made it into two families. So like we had the first floor, um, which basically I guess they made it a two family at that point, but. Um, if you couldn't 
picture it. I mean, if you if you have the book, you said, and then if you, anyone yeah. goes online, they can see, and especially on my Facebook page, there's actual real-life photographs of the house. It's a house. It's a real old-looking house. So it's really a one-family house, but, you know, like, they will um, divide a one-family house to make it into two families um so this way people can make extra money you know you can make you know you can split up apartments that way so sure. that's what they did with this house um so this way they they could just you know make some rent money at this point but it really was an enormous house that they just split so they can just make some rent at that point um, um. so i'm sorry you were gonna ask me a question well do you know if the family that was uh you guys were downstairs is that correct Yes, that's correct. Okay, and the the family that was upstairs, do you know if they had any kind of experiences, or did they were they not very communicative to you guys? Um. Well, you know, the interesting about that thing, it, it came out like later that, um, you know, his mom, um, uh, there were there was a a son and his uh, two sisters, actually a brother and his two sisters, who yeah. were our landlords and. Their parents had owned it, and what happened was one of their parents had committed suicide there, and that's what had happened. It had they had been handed it to them, and then one of them was, I guess, um, uh, autistic. One of his sisters was autistic, and from what I understand is when when you have someone that's autistic, especially. Um, with working with a lot of people in the field that um, when I come across this, um, with paranormal um, experiences, autism, for whatever reason, brings on a lot of paranormal experiences. I don't know if you've come across this yourself, but it brings on uh, more paranormal activity. And for whatever reason, it was like a magnet in that house. Huh. And um, there was also another suicide that had taken place. Uh, because the the prior tenants, they had just moved out, we had moved in. And um, the bedroom that I had taken over with my sister, the poor uh, son, he had overdosed on heroin, and we had taken over his bedroom. And uh, it was just a weird, weird experience. I was just lying in bed, and I just I heard something come into the bedroom and walk around the bed, and I kept my eyes closed so tight, and I heard, you know, like a, a guy's voice say hello to me, and I just, it was, no one was there, and like the blinds started mm. flying off the window, and I started screaming, and like my sister woke up, and you know, it was like they, you know, my mother and brother ran in the room, they were like, what's up, and what, what happened, and I tried to explain to them, and you know, I really believe that it was the spirit of the boy who committed suicide. It was just weird. It was like that place was just a magnet for suicide and depression. And it was just all these weird things just, you know, became drawn to that house. And it was just, then it was trying to draw us right into it. And just very, very sad, very sad. Um, when you came in contact with the autistic boy, did he seem to have like a dark energy around surrounding him or? What did you What did you feel coming from him? Um, well, actually, it was a it was a woman. It was the sister oh. of our landlord, um, and she was in her. I would say at that time she, because she was probably in her late thirties, early forties. She was very playful, like a child, and she was 
she was always trying to, like, get into our business, but, but, you know, like, very childlike, you know, but she didn't mean any harm. It's just, you know, she was always trying to get into our apartment and always outside our door, and, you know, and, and she grew up into that house, so she didn't know any better. Right, you know, right. you know, she didn't mean any harm, but and I didn't understand as a child. I didn't know what autism was as a child, so I was sure. always thinking, you know, what's up with this woman always trying to get into our apartment? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I was like, mommy, what's wrong with this crazy lady? You know, it's like, and my mother would be like, shh, you know, like stop, you know, don't call her names. So something's wrong with her, you know. And as I grew older, I understood that you know she wasn't crazy. She just had a problem, you know. And you know, you grow old, older and you understand that people have handicaps and then as I started to um, in, investigate with the paranormal I understood that uh, people with autism they're like a magnet to it and, and just it it intensifies the amount of activity that is drawn to them um, and I was completely amazed by this and um, I had no idea and that's how ignorant I felt uh, regarding this so looking back um, in retrospective I realized that Maybe um, because of her, it really intensified even more. That definitely makes a lot of sense. Yeah, she you know? she kind of drew it to her. She probably did and didn't even know it. The poor soul. Right. Yeah, that is interesting. And being in that mind state, uh, probably focused on more of like a spiritual realm rather than like a practical, practical realm. Sure. Exactly. Um. One of the um creepiest parts of the book to me was uh you were when you were when you were little in the house and you heard um a little girl singing in your closet yes yes that happened um uh it was just the weirdest thing well (laughs) you think (laughs) i say it's the weirdest thing like that (laughs) happens every day um right i was standing by the closet and i wanted to try my sister's shoes on and she's a couple years older well more than she's like nine years older than me but I always wanted to dress up like her and you know try on her shoes and all this other stuff and she was lying in the bed reading a book and and I said you know Doreen can I try on your shoes and she looked at me and said all right don't tell mommy and don't break your neck and just you know for a couple of minutes but don't break your neck because mommy's going to kill me So I went to go bend down to pick up, like, the big wedge. Back in the 1970s, it was all the rage for all the girls to have, like, these big Carmen Miranda wedge shoes, like these big, strappy, like, Frankenstein shoes. I call them Frankenstein shoes. Um, Something that Kiss might have worn or something. (laughs) And um, so, you know, here I am. I'm, like, seven years old, and, you know, now I'm about six feet tall. And so I go to put them on. I go to bend down, and I hear you know, these nursery rhymes coming out of the closet, you know. And I just felt like all the blood ran out of my body. And I went, Doreen, and I just started screaming. And she jumped off the bed. She grabbed my hand. And we ran down the hallway. And I just couldn't stop shaking. I just, I felt like I was frozen in time. I just couldn't move. It was like, what is this thing in the closet? It was like a porthole. I mean, it's like, what, what is this thing in the room? I mean, it was like seemed to circulate within this bedroom. It was like in every room, really, but it was like mainly in this room. It's like, and this room is where this, this, um, this boy, he, this was his old room where 
you know, he he came back, he, you know, it was his old room where before he committed suicide. It was just the creepiest house in the whole world to me. And um, I didn't go, I, I went back there not too long ago, um, not because of pain, but because now I'm, I'm ready to face it. Sure. And um, unfortunately, you know, the, the owners didn't want any part of an investigation. And, um, you know, I gave them the book. I, I said, here's a freebie, you know. <laughs> and uh, they, they almost, like, jumped out of their skin and off the front porch. Um, they were like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> they, they grabbed their faces. They were like, oh, no. <laughs> They're like, this is the house. I go, yeah, I know. I know. I wrote about it, you know. So uh, they didn't want anything to do with it. They absolutely, they were like, they just didn't want, they were shocked. They they were floored by it. They didn't want anything to do with it at all. They were pretty upset about it. Do you think that they were having experiences in the house? Um, I, I did ask them, and they said, we've been here three years. We haven't had anything happen to us. Hmm. I said, okay, well, um, do you mind? I mean, can I come back here with my team? And they said they didn't want to upset their children, and yeah. they didn't, you know. And I said, well, here's a book. Will you read it? They were not interested in reading it, but they kept the book. They probably threw it away in the garbage or something And <laughs> after I left. But I don't know. I mean, I, I gave them my phone number. I said, if you want, you can contact me if you have any questions. I haven't heard from them at all. So, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, sure. I, it would have been nice to, you know, to do an investigation there. But, you know, they're a young family. They're from Ireland. Um they they knew the old landlords um, that we had. Um, unfortunately, um, two of them passed away, and one is actually in California and has um, Alzheimer's. So that much I can tell you. The the little girl in the closet thing. Did you did your sister hear that as well? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. She jumped right off the bed. Wow. She, I started screaming. She she jumped off the bed and she grabbed me. And uh, that's why I was, you know, I was just dying to find out if these people have any of these experiences. Right. Did did you um, you had mentioned too about um, that it it was looking like family members? Yeah. That was also a very compelling part of the book too. Um, I've heard about that in some like other extreme haunting cases. Could you kind of go into what went down with that? Absolutely. Um, this thing. I, I say thing. I mean, I hate to offend it, <laughs> but uh, I, I I suffered from severe migraines, as I still do these days. But I I was um, I was laying down, and and uh, my mother, you know, gave me a, a, a cold cloth across the forehead, and um, I was resting, and the light was on in the bedroom, and I was just lying there in the room, and I. My sister hadn't been home yet, and she had been out on a date. So I was just lying there, and where you can see, if you have like a rag on your head, you can basically still see. You're not blinded, you know, and you can still, you know, if like imagine like your hand across your eyes, and, you know, you can still see in front of you. And I see something. I hear something like a crook, a creak by the, the door, and I turn, and I see my sister come in, and she's wearing this, psychedelic 60s robe that my grandmother gave the both of us to share 
and she's smiling at me. And I was like, oh, hey, Doreen. And she's walking around the bed, and she's smiling at me like really weird. But she's not saying anything, just there's no words. And I'm following her with my eyes, and she's walking around the bed. She's just smiling at me, just really weird, just really weird. And I'm thinking, what's going on with this? Something's not right. Something's off. And I'm just following her with my head. I'm just now, like, I kind of take the cloth off my, my head. Now my sister completely goes through the wall at this point. <laughs> now I start screaming for my mother. Because now I'm frozen. I can't even leave the bed. I can't even move off the bed. I'm screaming. My mother comes running up the hallway. I'm like, Doreen was wearing this robe, and she walked around the bed, and she went through the wall. Imagine someone, your, your child telling you this and how that might sound. So my mother says, well, Doreen's still on a date or whatever. At that point, the front door opened. It was my sister. And she walks in. Uh, she walks in. She's wearing like a Rolling Stones T-shirt and jeans. Not even the outfit that I just described. Oh. And I go, you, you were just wearing that, you know, and I'm like, freaking out and I'm like I'm stuttering I'm like Barney Five I'm like you 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 my eyes are bugging out I'm like my hands are going everywhere I'm like you just you just went around the bed and went right through that wall you were wearing that robe that grandma gave us she goes no I was not look she opens up the closet the robe was hanging on a hook she goes here it is I was not in here where could I have gone why would I have gone through a wall why wouldn't I say anything to you so now they're looking at me. I'm looking at them. My mother goes, are you sure maybe? Did you go to sleep? Did you have a dream? Did you, you know, yeah. a thousand questions. I go, I was wide awake. So this thing acted, looked like, and dressed like my sister and went right through the wall. What, what motive do you think it would have to do that? Um just to prove to me that it had the power to do yeah. something. Uh, how old did you say you were at that time? I was about seven or eight years old. Okay. Because we moved in when I was six and we moved out when I was 12. So okay. you can imagine, I was like the first 12 years old with like all gray hair. No. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, so with a lot of our haunting guests, it seems to be a common denominator uh, that they all had, uh, or most of them had in common, uh, a traumatic event sometime in their childhood. Mm -hmm. um, it, was there anything like that going on? Um, as, as, well, this was as dramatic as, as it got for me, this house. I mean, I've had some other things happen prior to Lee Avenue, but it wasn't, like, stressful, it wasn't haunting, it wasn't terrifying, it was just, like, kind of, like, um, like, spiritual um, things that have occurred in my life, but this house, like, took the cake, ate it, and puked it out, <laughs> it was just, like, that, that was it, you know, and it, it was, I don't know, it was just, like, the, um, I, there are no words to tell you of how I feel about this house, except for it really set it in stone for me to know that I needed to grow up and do something about this. Um, it was always like, you need to learn and experience. You need to um, you need to either come away from this embracing this, 
you can't run away from this. You have to help other people through their hauntings. Um, and you just can't run because I was ridiculed so badly when I was smaller from it. And, um, you know, I lost a lot of sleep. I was an insomniac for like months because I, I was afraid to go to bed, literally. There was, there was no way that I could go to sleep because I was always afraid something was going to come out of a closet. I was afraid that something was going to grab me. I was afraid that I was going to wake up and see a face in front of me. I was afraid that, you know, there was going to be like a, a chair on the bed. I was always afraid that it was always going to try to hurt us in right. some way. I just, uh, I, and literally, I just lost so much sleep. And then if I did finally go to sleep, I was from sheer exhaustion. And I lost a lot of school time because yeah. of it. So, I mean, there was a lot of explaining, a lot of like, you know, please excuse Donna from school today, you know. <laughs> the demon tried to kill her, you know. It was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it was really, um, it was bad. And then my mother tried to turn to the Catholic Church for help. And that went over like a fart in church on Sunday. They just turned their backs <laughs> on us. You know, it, it really was bad, you know. And, and um, so that led me to another spiritual path entirely. And, uh, and you know, my mother, she, she, she never veered. Her, she always stayed a very devout Catholic. And, you know, God bless her, rest her soul. But that, that didn't cut it for me. So um, the, the father didn't wouldn't come and even purify the house? He wouldn't even come no. and bless it? No. Father Gallagher, um, and yes, I'm saying his name because I said it in the book and I'm going to say it on the radio. Uh, <laughs> um, he just refused. He absolutely refused. He, he told my mother she'd probably be better seeking um, psychiatric care. You know? Wow. But, you know, he didn't mind sending that little envelope in, you know, in the mail for that donation for Sunday, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, it's like, look, I, you know, I, I believe in Jesus and I believe in God, but, you know, I went the pa pagan pathway um, a little bit later on in my life as soon as I was allowed to, to, to have my spiritual break. And, um, but I'll tell you, you know, they, they got a pair on them, you know, to ask for that dollar, but they, they don't want to give a blessing. And that left me, you know, pretty scarred up, thinking, like, wait a minute, yeah. here's my mother begging you for a blessing of the house, and you're telling her she's crazy, and you're turning her away, but you're like, you know, well, come to our bake sale and, you know, give us that dollar. Yeah, Should have just on, slipped in an extra 50 or something, and they might have come you over. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> really? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you got to be kidding. But... Do you feel like you had most of the experiences in that house, or um, being, no, the, being the child? I really don't think so. I think, like, my sister equally had them as well. Okay. My brother, rest his soul, because my brother's not, no longer with us, my father's no longer with us, my mother's no longer with us, so it's right. just me and my sister now, right. and... Um, you know, I wish I had written this book five years ago, because then I think my brother would have co-written the book with me as well, and um, I think his voice would have been strongly heard as well with this. And um, so, and you know, fortunately, um, I can, well, fortunately, unfortunately, I can, I can pretty strongly say that, you know, except for my father, the four of us had a lot of experiences that we can and say, oh, my God, did you hear that? You know, did you see that? And, um, 
you know, especially when the chairs were up against my brother's door, and it was like, what the F is going on? You know, it's like, especially when my brother, he swore that me and my sister did this. And we're like, okay, if we did this, how can we do this without making a noise, lining up all the chairs, all these captain's chairs, in front of your bedroom door while you're napping, <laughs> and then go back to the kitchen all quiet and pretend <laughs> that we're weird. doing absolutely nothing, you know. And, you know, it was just so weird. And then, like, we went, you know, to go meet our mother on the front porch, and we waited for her to get home. And then as soon as we walk into the dining room, like, the just the chair, like, kicked out in front of us. Just, it was, it just wanted us to know that it had the power, it didn't like us, and it was spitting in our face. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not the first time I've heard of uh, furniture being a- rearranged like that either. I've oh, heard yeah. of that before. One of the things that um, kind of what Luke was going with uh, with his question earlier was uh, we've had a couple of guests on, and they they both seem to have had like a really uh, – there was kind of like a, some family conflict going in to when they moved into the, the certain house that they were in that was really extremely haunted. And um, it doesn't seem to me, at least from reading the books, that there was a lot of family, that you guys had a lot of family conflict. In fact, everybody stayed together long enough to get out. Right. Which is something that doesn't seem to happen in some other Mm -hmm. cases. Exactly. I mean, yeah, my parents, I mean, they were together up until, you know, the day that, you know, my mother had passed. And then, like, a few years later, my father had passed. So it's not like they were, you know, in divorce court. It's, you know, nothing of that nature. I mean... You know, everyone stayed tightly knit together. I mean, you know, everyone argued, but it wasn't like, you know, domestic violence city or anything. It was just <laughs> like that regular, you know, your dysfunctional family reunion. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know, you so, know we uh, had, you know, like the normal stuff that everybody else has. Um, all right. So uh, more on apparitions. Um, you, you, you were talking about the, the girl in the closet crying, uh, and, and you saw the doppelganger ghost. Uh, yes. Uh, is there any more of them? Well, um, I, oh, <laughs> here's one that um, puzzles me to this day, and we tried to figure this out, um, was the, the day that me and my mother heard the air bubble of, of Elvis, <laughs> of Jailhouse Rock. And um, we heard um, the first line of Jailhouse Rock, and we couldn't figure out why we heard it, um, if there was a message there, you know, because nobody we had known was in jail, or maybe it was trying to tell us that it was in jail at one point, or if it was, you know, my mother and brother were both big Elvis fans, but there was no radio on, there was nobody listening to a radio, and it was just like a big air pocket, a big air bubble, like a sound bubble. Hmm of, like, the first line of Jailhouse Rock that played right in front of us in the dining room. And it was just the weirdest thing. And we, you know, we were just like, what the hell is going on here? And, you know, that was more of the humorous things, you know, actually the more lighthearted thing. It was like, okay, well, that's harmless enough. But it was like, well, what kind of message is that? You know, it's like, we all, you know, we were trying to figure that out. Um, another thing that it was it spelt my name out was you know that little um, if you're if you ever made like um, a cake and you try to spell out like happy birthday to you know like Adam or happy birthday Luke on a birthday cake and blue cake writer yeah well this thing took like the tube of cake writing and spelt my name out on the kitchen pantry closet hmm. 
And my mother was blaming me, thinking I was trying right. to be, like, all artful. Right. Like, I got blamed for it. And I was like, uh, no. You know, it's like, not me. <laughs> you know, just trying to do little things to, um, you know, get me into trouble. And I was like, I didn't do that. Not me. No. I just constantly did all these little things. Like, I think it tried to get me into trouble sometimes because I was the kid, probably, sure. you know. And uh, the time with the walkie-talkies with my brother being in the closet when I heard the two, the men, the, the woman and the man, you know, saying, like, don't, don't let him out of the closet. And it was like, and I didn't. I froze. And I completely, I, didn't, I did not let my brother out of the closet. And my brother almost suffocated because he was all t he was trying to play Houdini because he was trying to entertain me. And um, if he hadn't like banged his head into the closet like a whole bunch of times, my sister would have never heard him. She came from the back room and then she looked at me like I, I like I tied up a six foot guy and stuck him in the closet. And she looked at me all scared like I was Linda Blair. And I was like, no, he he was trying to play Houdini. We were playing with the walkie talkies, and then I heard a man and a woman tell me not to let him out of the closet. Weird. Huh. You know? And so then my sister looked at my brother and was like, okay, well, you're an idiot for, like, allowing this, you know. But the fact of the matter is I heard the man and the woman come through on that walkie-talkie, and then she had asked my brother, she was like, did you hear them? He's like, no, I didn't hear anybody on my end. So, you know, you could say, well, maybe was, you know, uh, maybe someone on another channel from another house. But how would they say, don't let him out of the closet? Well, I mean, specifically that message to me. How would they yeah. know that's going on? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. Unless there was something that was there in that environment. Right. I mean, just too many weird things were happening within that house. You mentioned something in the book about it. Think about it. Indian? Yes. Um, this thing kept presenting itself to me... Um, and I, I believe that was meant, it was like an angry, angry Indian. And, it, and the funny thing, and I say funny, now I could say it's funny. It wasn't so funny then. I could say it's funny now because it looked like my dad in full headdress because I'm part Native American. And it looked like my dad with like long gray crazy hair. Not that my father had long gray crazy hair. He had gray hair, but it was short. Sure. And... Um, like the feathers and the whole thing and the warrior makeup, but he would never come across the threshold of the bedroom. But he'd always be like screaming and with his mouth open and angry and they're trying to get my attention. And I'd be yelling and I'm like, Mom, I'm screaming and the Indians here, the Indians here. I had no clue because I was so young. I didn't know about ancestry. I didn't know what I was. I didn't, you know, you don't know like nationalities I mean I didn't know at that time I was pretty dumb I guess <laughs> and my mother said well why you know like describe what are you seeing and I kept telling her I was like he looks like daddy he's dressed up like an Indian I don't know what's going on I keep seeing him so she told me she was like well you know daddy is part Indian on his grandmother's side, and she, you know, as soon as she started to explain the family ancestry history to me, I stopped seeing this Indian, which was the weirdest thing. As soon hmm. as I got the family history, it's like, boom, I stopped seeing this 
this thing, this angry Indian. It was like this this spirit that was passing through. Maybe the house was a portal for this thing to come and give me a message. But why was he angry? Was he angry at me? Maybe there was a a family message to come to come through. That still puzzles me. So as I got older, I got into the familyancestry.com thing, and I'm I'm getting into all that now. And sure. and I'm finding that you know we go back into the 1700s, but that remain you know I don't think we're haunted. But I'm just it got me thinking about a lot of this stuff, and I'm going well. Maybe I should look into it. I mean, if he was that interested to come into the, you know, into this portal to tell a little kid something, and I'm related to him, maybe there's something to it. What what tribe? Um, I'm part Mohawk, Mohawk, Mohawk. Nation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot and, of interesting uh, things about the Iroquois uh, Confederacy and all that. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to, it's very, you know, I mean, if I ask my aunt, I mean, my aunt, my, you know, it's like pulling teeth because a lot of it they were like ashamed to say because they didn't want to be known as anything but white. Um, so I mean, I'm looking at all the ancestry.com papers and you know because I guess they were embarrassed for whatever reason. So you know, I have I'm getting all the paperwork and a lot of it's in French, so I have to have a, a lot of it uh, transcribed and so I'm getting there, you know. So. Maybe I'll come up with something nice and juicy. <laughs> Who knows? Like <laughs> so go, in the ne- go in the next book. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, but, you know, it's just really interesting to, to find out. So I'm like, all right, you know, cool. You know, I don't own a casino yet, so I'll let you know right. when that happens. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, turning to, um, you know, from your personal experience there and then that kind of, uh, drove you later on to start your own paranormal group, and I believe it's called Indie Para. Yes, Indie Para. Um, is any interesting cases that you've been on uh, that, that could, could, could kind of share with us? Uh, well, um, uh, well, I co-founded it with uh, Terry Garofalo, um, and uh, we did this uh, wow over two years ago. I can't yeah. believe it's been that long. Um, I owe her an anniversary gift. Uh, <laughs> um, well, basically, we've been on some pretty interesting ones, and uh, we actually, uh, a lot of them in the last year and a half, we actually co-team up with Poughkeepsie Paranormal now. It's like our sister um, paranormal team uh, with James Mulcahy, and um, we we do we did one up in um, Red Hook at Elmdorf, and there was an underground cave. And we got a lot of interesting, um, like, EVPs, whereas before we went into the underground cave, I was describing to um, uh, Leo, she's with Poughkeepsie Paranormal, and for whatever reason, we were upstairs. And before we even got into the the basement cave, I said, don't laugh at me. I said, "Um, I'm getting the image of cabbage cheese in my head. And I say the strangest things on investigations, but they come out, they, they make a lot of sense later on. And she looked at me and she started to laugh. And I had this on recording, and we were recording the whole thing. And she goes, cabbage cheese? And I was like, you don't ask me. Don't, I don't know why, but, and she goes, are you hungry? I said, no, I'm not hungry at all. <laughs> we went down to the basement, and we're, like, by the cave part and everything, and we have the flashlights, and there's, like, a can. And what does it say? It doesn't say cabbage cheese, but it says the word cabot. And I said, look, Leah, it says cabot. 
Then when I go home and I'm playing our tapes back, I go, look, Leah, it's Cabot. You hear another woman say right after me, Cabot. She repeats right after me. Hmm. I was amazed. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Um, and at the same place, at this Elmdorf, I was sitting in the center of this, um, there's this, there was this wooden floor, like they had this hearth, and I was sitting, and I said, for whatever reason, there's a lot of energy, and, um, and I, Terry was saying that she was feeling like they did, like, tribes, ritual tribes there, and she was videotaping it, and with her regular videotape, she got on the audio, she was getting like almost like a Native American, like tribal people giving like um, like uh, tribal names. And um, it, the name escapes me now, of course, um, but it, they were giving tribal names in the circle. And it was just such an amazing, and that was the most recent, this was just a few months ago, it was like such an amazing experience for all of us. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, you'd also been on... Um uh, my ghost story, I believe. Yes, yes, we were. Which I'm yet to have seen that. So yeah, that we yeah we were on a couple of times. We're actually with. Oh, uh, wow. uh Well, one I was in the background, <laughs> yeah. and one I was speaking on. So we we covered Miss Fanny's Victorian Party House in Wappingers Falls, and one we covered Patchett House um, and Walk Hill uh, River Art School. And which uh, Danny Martinez and Nathan Schoonover was—they uh, were the speakers on that. They they covered that. And I'm sure if you go on like bio.com, you can see the um, the episodes. They did such a great job, uh, and I'm so proud of them. And they're they're so wonderful. But um, but uh, I had such a blast. I, I traveled there with uh, Julia Drejos uh, out Long uh, not Long Island. I don't know why I was going to say Long Island, Los <laughs> Angeles. Um, we had such a great time, um, Julie and I, uh, when we went out there, and uh, they treated us so good. Um, I think I ate everything at the craft snack table that they offered to us. Unfortunately, I think I right. went down the plane on the way back. But <laughs> I've actually met uh, Nathan soon over before him. Oh, and, you uh, have? So yeah. You know, he's, he's just great. Yeah, he really is. I want to try to get him on the show. Him and. Uh, I guess you're familiar with uh, Sean Burris and the Ghost Man and Demon oh, on yeah. the show. Yeah. He's funny. Yeah, I've met those guys quite a few times. Um, I did want to talk to you, too, about uh, Wicca. I think that, uh, you know, kind of a, a good, like, double pack here because, um, you know, you've had all these experiences and, and uh, you're a paranormal investigator, but you're also a Wiccan. And I yes. just uh, want to kind of ask you, like, you know, what is that? What kind of like it means to you? How you practice it? Well, it means something. It very beautiful to me. It's it. It was a way for me to have my inner spirituality. Um, it's the way I find my peace. It's the way I meditate. It's the way I find universal love for all things. Um, it's for those who wonder out there, because a lot of people, they see me wear the star. Um, my mother-in-law, she cracks me up. She thinks I wear the star of David. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and I have to explain to her, no, it's, it's, a, it's a pentacle. Um, yeah. And um, basically, you know, 
it's the study of nature for me. It's it's worship of nature. It's it's just beauty of. It's not what people think. I don't dress like Stevie Nicks. I don't cast spells like Harry Potter. I don't, um, <laughs> you know, I, I can't, it's something different for me than it is for a lot of other people out there. I, I can't um, assimilate it with what others might be listening to. Like, um, I, I can't basically give it a name like others can give it a name. That's all I can tell you. I, I had a beautiful conversation with Scott Cunningham. Um, he's dead now, but I had the conversation with him when I was 23 years old. And with that being said, I'm going on 46. He died of, um, AIDS many, 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 many years ago. And I wrote him a letter when I was interested in many questions with Wicca. And he was kind enough. And I, I included, I hand wrote him a letter and I mailed it snail mail. And I said, I have so many questions about this, and I just don't know which way to go, if I'm doing this right, if I, should I stand to the left, should I stand to the north, am I doing these right? And I, he wrote me back, and he said, you know, actually, he called me back. The phone rang, he goes, this is Scott Cunningham. And I went, does Scott Cunningham? And he goes, yes. I was amazed. He spent 20, 25 minutes on the phone with me. It's the most memorable phone conversations I've had with the loveliest man I'll probably ever speak to. He assured me that not to worry about what other people think. Um, it's beauty from within. If you want to help your fellow being, if you want to love your fellow being, you want to love nature, you want to be kind to others, be kind to animals, be kind to humans, help each other, love each other, love the universe, be good to people, okay? Respect people. That's basically where it's at, okay? It, you know, it's not about, um, you know, what you see on TV. It's not what you see in the movies. It's not devil worship. It's not, you know, you don't have to sacrifice a goat at 12 midnight facing the north, howling at the moon. It's, that's not what it's about. Although some people do play dress up and yeah. um, they feel that they have to, empower themselves and that's good for them if that works for them I'm happy for them um, and there are very clicky people out there that you know so be it I'm happy for them I don't feel the need to be a part of a clique or a crowd and that's why I'm solitary because I'm, I'm completely um, I'm very comfortable within my own skin and doing that so that's basically what it means to me um, maybe I'm a little long winded with getting there but I need to get that out because a lot of people think that I worship the devil and I don't believe in Jesus. Completely opposite. I still believe in Jesus and I still love Jesus, but I, I, I am Wiccan. So if that makes any sense or if that confuses you more, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, kind of, that, that is interesting. I mean, kind of, you know, because one of the things we, we've talked about, we've had a lot of different kinds of guests on the show. We've had, I mean, Luke can tell you, we've had... Uh, oh, yeah. You know, staunch Christians all the way to you know. Well, we haven't gone too extreme, I guess. But to, to someone who's just a really eclectic, right? Yeah, we we've had. I mean, we just like just um, you know, if you listen to our shows, you 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 know, our past shows, you can see kind of like the the, the, the variance, the diversity yeah. of the guests. Yeah, and and like kind of like. I kind of, you know, would like to know, like, elaborate a little bit on, like, how you feel 
Um, like, you know, I, I don't, it, I don't know if it is a contradiction to be Wiccan and to, to love Jesus at the same time. I mean, how do you feel? I mean, what, what, can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Well, I think that God and goddess are everywhere, and I think that it's a part of everything in the universe. It's not really a contradiction, because, you know, Jesus was a real person that walked the planet, and, um, you know, and I do believe in Jesus Christ, and yeah. but I don't go to the Church. I don't believe in the Catholic Church. Um, I, you know, nothing against people who are Catholic, you know, um, I'm not racist against them. I'm not prejudiced against them or anything. I just, that doesn't work for me. It's not my path. Um, You know, and as far as me believing in Jesus, there's nothing wrong with that. I feel there's there's nothing wrong with it. I know that in some circles that I've attempted to hang around with, I've mentioned that, and it's like, again, it's that, oh, my God, someone farted in church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. It's like I mentioned that. (laughs) To my my fellow Wiccans, and it's like all of a sudden their tails go up, the eyebrow goes up, and it's like, meow. you know, it's like, <gasps> she said, uh. Jesus, you know, <laughs> and it's like right away I've said the wrong thing, and it's like, why? What's the matter? What's wrong with Jesus? You know, <laughs> it's like there's nothing wrong with believing in Jesus and still being Wiccan. I mean, you know, look, we're all for the same thing, aren't we? I mean, we all supposed to love each other. We're supposed to help each other. We all love animals. I mean, we're all supposed to hug a tree, and we're all supposed to all open the door for one another. And, you know, I mean, what's the problem here? Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you treat me with respect. I treat you with respect. I mean, <clears throat> I hold I... the door for you. You hold the door for me. What's the problem? <laughs> I... To me, there's no issue there. I mean, there's no contradiction unless there, you know, other people want to make it a contradiction, you know, because as far as I'm concerned, he was a real person that walked the earth, you know, so why not give him that much respect? And I feel the same way. I uh, just kind of acknowledge him as another wise man and another prophet, you know, in history. So, uh, uh, yeah, see where you're coming from. You know, I mean, so why not? I mean... Um, I believe that everyone deserves their share of respect. I mean, a lot of people think I'm a Fruit Loop, but I know I make sense sometimes, half the time, sometimes I make sense. So (laughs) I deserve respect. (laughs) Why not? Um, (laughs) um, But so I I just, uh, when I try to explain to people how I am about Wicca, you know, people go, oh, my God, you know, she's bad. You know, without even giving me the chance to say, well, I'm not really bad. Or people who get to know me or hang out with me long enough go, but she's bad. She wouldn't harm a fly, you know, or, you know, you know, she loves animals. Or, you know, do you know how, you know, she would ram her car into a tree before she killed a squirrel, for God's sakes. Or, you know, I mean, come on now. It's it's like, please, you know, let's let's be serious here. So that's how I find peace, you know, with nature. Right. Um, most Wiccans I've met throughout my life have just been really naturalist. Right. I mean, I'm a vegetarian not because I'm a Wiccan. I'm just a vegetarian because um, it that just it just fell into that category one day, like twenty some odd years ago. It was just like I was eating. A, I literally. I mean, I'm not even trying to be funny here. Literally was eating a ham sandwich, and I got so disgusted and so grossed out, and I just spit it in the garbage. Then about six months later, I, 
I, I drove up to McDonald's. I looked around to see if anyone would recognize me. I ordered chicken McNuggets, went back to my car, looked around. I bit into a chicken McNugget, got grossed out, said, nope, I'm done. I'm done with meat. I'm done. And then people thought it was like more of a religious choice. And I said, no, it's just because it just grossed me out. Was, <laughs> I can't say you know, that. I blame and, you a bit. You know, it was like, and then I found out what chicken McNuggets really was, was made from. And then I was like, ooh, you know. Yeah, but, it really uh, isn't meat anyway. No. no, it's like that pink rubbery stuff <laughs> that you can, like, do the plumbing with and all that that sort of thing, so. Ooh, yeah. Anyway, Luke's kind of the expert on horrible fast food. He, he, uh, he's, he's all into what yeah. those chemical properties that will kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you never know what you're going to get with me on an interview. It's like I'm, I'm always a different bag of nuts, so I'm sorry for the, like, I go off on tangents. But, yeah, no, so my okay. spirituality, it's like I just, look, I, you know, I think everyone should be good to each other. I really do. I mean, you know, do I have my off days where I could be a total, like, you know, I'll honk the horn and be like, get the F out of the way. You know, yes, I'm not perfect. You know, yeah, push me, I push back. But honestly, you know, it's like, do I think that people for the most part should be cool with each other sure you know yeah. come on let's be let's be nice let's try to be nice let's try at least but that's where i'm at i mean that's for me that's where my my my, my spirituality goes and um you know i i like to attend moon circles when i can if there's a particular place i like to go to be amongst other people like myself but for me, I'm not a part of um, a cavern or anything because I'm solitary. But, you know, they welcome me when I can. Sure. And, I'm, you know, when, when I'm able to, I do attend. And it's, it's very fulfilling. And um, it's very peaceful and it's beautiful. And they have guided meditation. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to be a part of that and to, to share that with a group of uh, other people. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. It, one one question I think before we go, um, you know, with your belief and um, and kind of tying it back into um, the house on Lee Avenue. Do you feel that those um, entities were demonic, or do you feel that they more just were just kind of lost souls? I think they were a combination of both. I think okay. that there were things that were demonic that were holding back lost souls. I think that maybe there were things in there that were stuck that were maybe trying to get out that were being held back. And um, partly that's the reason why I'd like to go back to see if I can investigate, to see if I can you know, go in there now that I'm trained and go in there with some more people on, on my two teams and and go in there and try to see if I can help anything that's that would like to be set free and 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 send them to a better place if if I can yeah. if I dare if if I dare say I can you know um, you know that was one of the reasons why I, I would have liked to um, you know if these people would have agreed upon it you know and you know but it, un, unfortunately you know I was. Uh, turned down but yeah, yeah that that was that's one of the reasons why i would have liked to have done it so sadly i think it's it's two two of those answers right there yeah i i tend to um believe that too about most of these things that uh there's there seems to be 
um, that you have human souls, but you seem to have another stronger entity that's holding them there. Right. Exactly. I think, like, the poor thing that, um, you know, he overdosed. Um, you know, I think that he's being held there. I think that little girl, dare I say, you know, is it a real little girl or is it something pretending to be a little yeah. girl? You know, who you knows? Know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, was it just trying to sucker me in, making me think it was a little girl, you know? Because <laughs> I was a little girl trying to get me to relate with it. I don't even yeah. know. I, you know, but I, I do feel that there were struggling parts that, you know, it was like begging for help or maybe, you know, just, you know, who knows? I mean, but I would have loved to gone in there, roll up my sleeves and try to smack the, the living daylights out of it and try to help it if I can. Yeah, you, but, you, you still may get, get a chance someday, I mean, to do that. I hope. I hope these people, I, they have all my information. So, I mean, even if they're listening, I don't know if, if they're listening, but they are, you know, I'm, I'm willing to help. Yeah. Well, um, I think we're just about out of time. Um, do you anything else you want to ask, Luke? Or um, uh, Go ahead. I was going to say thank you very much for having me. Hey, thank you for coming <laughs> on. Yeah, thank you for coming on. It was really, it was really great. We, I think, we covered a lot of ground. Mm -hmm. And it, it, uh, you know, the the whole interview offered a different perspective on all of this than the previous guest. Uh, just a complete different situation yeah. and uh, different type of haunting altogether. Yeah, it's. Well, it, but I was able to, uh, you know, give different perspectives of, uh, you know, even if it was a, a kooky sense of uh, <laughs> ways to look at things. But Oh, no. You know. we, we even got to talk about McNuggets. So. <laughs> well, um, Donna, stay on the line. We're going to close this section out, but uh, just stay on the line with us. And uh, right, if there's anything you. that you want to add, we'll um, call it. Call it. All right. And uh, right, we will be right back to close out the show on Conspiracy Normal. Stay tuned. All right, we are back on Conspiracy Normal. Luke, what'd you think of uh, what'd you think of Donna? Uh, I always love Wiccans. Enough said. <laughs> yeah, that was a good. That was a good interview. Yeah, that was yeah, a, yeah. That was a really it, good it, way to start will. off the year. Like I said at the the end of the last segment, um, it's a, it's nice to have like a different kind of haunting, and it was it was completely sure. different than sure. And and I kind of I know I'd read the book, but I you know I, I didn't think about it in those kind of terms till the night that you know that seemed to be you know a, a little bit different than the other two, like with Tim Yancey's experience and Bill Bean's experience. Like uh, it didn't tear her life uh, quite as apart, and didn't tear her family as apart as as the other two. Yeah. So I I did find that uh, fairly interesting, and you know try to get you know different to. Uh, different kinds of of uh experiences on the show too mm -hmm. and uh, i thought the wiccan stuff was interesting too and some of the kind of her experiences and she she really wants to go investigate that house i guess she's kind of wants a little bit of uh you know some kind of validation and to find yeah. out what went on you know now, i don't blame her yeah now that she's done all of that studying because wiccan right. focuses so heavily on uh spirits and and how to deal with them shamanism yeah. too you know wants to get back in there and check it out yep well uh, before we go is there anything that you want to add man or or, or say there was <laughs> I need to start making a list <laughs> you notice Chris wasn't here tonight yeah. uh, he uh, is helping out over at his job uh, helping out uh, making pizzas working with Richard no he's not working with Richard oh 
He's, oh man, he's working out with the uh, with the uh, Old Hickory Boulevard Pizza Hut crew tonight, oh. so he he wasn't able to come. Hermitage finest, but he should be here the next time. And for all of the Chris fans that are out there, I know they probably <laughs> just turned it off as soon as he did. Yeah. He wasn't on. <laughs> there's uh, there's, there's some some pretty ladies out there wearing Chris producer Chris oh, shirts yeah. right now. Cons- Conspiracy normal <laughs> producer Chris shirts. T-shirts, wet, wet T-shirts on top of that. A producer Chris tattoo on one of the le- on one of the breasts. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go that far. I was trying my best to keep it classy, dude. Uh, I know, man. I, I, I had to take it there. Anyway, uh, next time I am in negotiations with someone, I do not know yet if they are coming on as of right now at uh, eight forty-three p.m. You gotta go to Bohemian Grove. To yeah, meet I might have to go to Bohemian Grove to meet them, and uh, but uh, just uh, still kind of in negotiations for that show. So we may or may not have a guest, um, you know. So just thinking some things to talk about. Right. But uh, if all else fails, I'll just uh, surprise call Doctor Future and put him on. <laughs> so. Hopefully he doesn't listen to the show. Uh, and we'll definitely like have some call. stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. If you call Doctor Future, we can just go ahead and do like the next four episodes. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have like a round table. We get uh, Doctor Future, Micah Hanks, uh, Adam Go Rightly, uh, Scotty Roberts, and just like put them all at a table and just let them talk to talk to each other. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thank you, Luke. And uh, I guess we're going to call it a night, man. Word up. All right. Well, join us back next time on Conspiranormal. We should have some more uh, paranormal and, consp- and conspiracy madness. Uh, we'll see you, ne- see you next time. Peace out. Satan, leave that boy alone!
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 